it brings a new investor profile to the table for a lot of these small and medium-sized um, businesses that you know are local that again um, folks haven't historically been able to take part in so um, I think uh, again we fit because of the, the business profile and the gap within the funding uh, landscape but we also fit in a way that you know we help um, bring money off the sidelines and mobilize networks of people that would um, normally uh, again not they, they remain on the sidelines Welcome to the Invest Local Podcast, where we uncover the brilliance of local businesses that are slugging it out, serving their customers, and giving back to their own communities. Check us out at vicinitycapital.com and give us a follow on social media. We'd love to hear from you. Also, we are not making any investment recommendations, nor are we providing any sort of investment advice. Now on with the show. Malcolm, what, what, is, what is Meta? Meta. That's very meta, man. That's all, that's all you need to know. <laughs> is it just something you say you when it's like, say whoa, it. that's deep, man? Like, is that is it just a new way of, of if, saying that? If the only time the word comes out of your mouth is that's meta man, then you don't have any explanating to do. Explaining. <laughs> no explanation. <laughs> uh, no, meta, John, you, you're, you're kind of a, a 70s hippie guy. Um, the, the meta, meta just is, is, you're talking, you're using words to describe something that are the thing itself, right? It's like, it's, it's kind of like uh, um, inception, right? Like the, the word within uh, a word. The dream within the dream. Okay. I just, I, you lost me and I'm a 70s hippie guy. <laughs> I, I feel like I have enough people in my life that would, you know, validate that that's completely errant. It's, I don't know if I can accept that. I mean... Maybe there's certain, I don't know, things I'm interested in or music I listen to or something, but I was born in 1976. Does that make me a 70s hippie guy? I don't understand. Uh, this is being meta. a 70s hippie guy is different than being a 70s love child. I think maybe <laughs> the latter. <laughs> I'm looking up meta in the dictionary. It says referring to itself or to the conventions of its genre, self-referential. Yeah. So like meta communication is like communicating about how you communicate. So anybody that speaks in the third person, is that meta? No, that's just uh, weird arrogant. and a little bit, a little bit arrogant. <laughs> hmm. seems, I mean, well, it seems like, like, like by definition. I'm just saying be the urban dictionaries is probably what, you know, your comes out of your mouth because everything that comes out of your mouth Malcolm, is like an urban dictionary and misspellings of all kinds of stuff when you write it down but that is wow. about the thing itself it's seeing the thing from a higher perspective instead of from within the thing like being self-aware so anyway for what it's worth yeah. it's meta yeah it's pretty meta dude okay when you said meta man i thought you said i heard mega man and it brought back great <laughs> childhood memories all right so this is one of those scary episodes of the Invest Local podcast where we do a little roundtable. So we've kicked out our host, we've kicked out our guest, and Malcolm, John, and I have decided that we have something that's valuable enough to talk about <laughs> for a very short amount of time only um, that, uh, that we thought we'd 
we'd lay down here. So one question that we've been getting fairly often um, is where, where do we fit in the funding space? So looking at, um, at us as, uh, as an intermediary of regulation crowdfunding, or even more specifically, vicinity and, um, and our take on this world, um, it is really helpful to understand how that fits. Uh, part of understanding how that fits, I think, needs you know a little bit of a guide on what are the other avenues for funding in any given space or ecosystem, and then I think we can help better paint where where we fit. Yeah, I should say out there well, when somebody you know they give you that look and they're they're asking where where do you guys fit? You know, sometimes the you know the unspoken question is, are you guys going to step on my toes? Um, yeah. So, <laughs> are I you think, a competition? You know, it's helpful to do that, right? Right. So it's helpful to answer that for those reasons as well, because uh, I think in general, what we'll lay out today is um, is speaking to the fact that it's filling what we're seeing is filling a gap, um, you know, amidst different spots within the the funding ecosystem, and um, there's not a lot of toe stepping going on. Well, and there's a you, you, that brings up an interesting point because one of the one of the the points that I got recently was, you know, what's the quality of these deals going to be like if they weren't able to get funding through one of the traditional means, which um, kind of also assumes that that crowdfunding is a second tier solution for for raising capital, which is which is interesting. It's definitely a new form. Um, but I, I think we would all agree it's not a second tier, um, which is kind of part of the, the point of this podcast is it is different. Um, so how is it different in a positive way, not just in a, <laughs> you couldn't get money elsewhere. So here you are right. on a crowdfunding portal. <laughs> yeah. If we're viewed as the, uh, as the funding source of last resort, that is very dangerous. Um, and we've had people. Uh, that is part of the reason we should do this podcast. We've had people come to us that look and say, hey, can't get funding elsewhere, let's talk. And it's like, okay, well, that, that could be fine. Um, what's your business plan? Do you have a pro forma? Um, you know, how do you fit in the market? Are you providing value? Uh, if you can answer those questions in a really powerful way, then it doesn't necessarily matter that you can't get funding elsewhere, but if you're coming to us because you're not prepared, um, then no, that's problematic. So, um, all right. So let's let's uh, let's do a little recap. What are the existing models out there, and then um, then how are we fitting in and being additive to that funding ecosystem? That's a, a nerdy sentence. Yes. But, um, this disclaimer too: we will not exhaust all of the models out there, nor will we dive uh, deep into each one of these models. So we're just going to do a cursory take here um, nor are we giving legal accounting or investment advice we are simply sharing our opinion if you're going to throw out disclaimers um like yeah so what about let, let's talk vc venture capital or uh, some might deem to call it and we can actually debunk a little bit vulture capital um so john what's what's venture capital primarily used for I guess for back in the young whiz kid that's swinging for the fences um, is my uh, 
the layman's way of putting it from my perspective. But, you know, venture capital primarily used for uh, very early stage companies that have some serious uh, growth potential. So it's, a, it's, it's really a form of private equity. Um, but those that are within this space perform an incredibly important function. And um, there, there are some really good, uh, solid um, companies out there that provide fuel at this stage for, uh, for companies to, um, to grow. And they, again, just to, they provide an incredibly important function within this um, landscape. And, and really, most of the time, they're, they're working with companies that have potential, ex- exceptional growth potential. Um, and usually an, ex, an exit strategy involved, maybe even some potential um, folks out in the market that would um, do a transaction with them before they even um, get involved with the VC group. So they're only equity deals and um, usually within a specific niche and a lot of times uh, uh, within the technology space. Yeah, usually a tech-enabled something, right? You could be medicine, logistics, whatever, but something that has that ability to grow um, at a really fast, you know, call it 10x type of growth and have some sort of ability or desire um, and uh, marketability out there to to sell at some point. And I threw out vulture capital. You know, some people view... Um, venture capital and there are some that are out there that there'll be in any in any avenue of funding or any business right there's going to be those that seek to take advantage that don't um, align well Um, but venture capital provides a really valuable role in um, in many funding spaces i know here in greenville we have venture south from the people i've talked to there from what i've heard they have a great reputation and do a lot of really good things so it is a form of funding um, for a very specific niche, usually tech companies, big growth, exit plan, and equity deal. Yeah, one way that I've heard it described that I really like um, in terms of VC-backed startups is is a um, somebody giving you a lot of money to build something really big, really fast. Um, and so it's kind of going back to that 10x potential. It's something that is going to be you know, disruption is thrown out a lot, something that's going to kind of change the market in a, in a really, um, in a really large way. Um, and, and the point of the speed component is basically the idea is it, it is such a good idea that if you don't build it, somebody else is going to first. And hence the, the large amount of capital is needed so that you can do it quickly. Yeah, it's definitely dent in the universe type of, um, of companies. Um, Okay, so we talked about, so venture capital, that's uh, a niche of, of private equity in, in many ways. Um, we'll try to capture the rest of traditional private equity under one umbrella, but this is uh, somewhat hard to do. We could do a whole podcast series on, on private equity firms. Uh, they're going to have different uh, investment theses or the goals that they're trying to achieve with their, uh, with their portfolio. Um, but we'll just, we'll just generally capture uh, the rest of this bucket. John, you want to you wanna throw out another layman's term version of private equity? Layman's term? <laughs> uh, perhaps maybe now we're backing the productive young adult in his early heyday, helping to 
his or her early heyday, helping move them to the next level and multiply success that's already there or potential. So um, they're existing. It's not this early stage. They need to grow. And this is fuel for that growth. Yeah, there's a lot of, of companies that they're looking for too small of an amount, too small of a check size for a private equity firm um, to, for that to fit their, their mold. Yeah, well, so one, one other thing I'd say on, on that, the, the similar uh, business that, that can grow, um, maybe they're growing through acquiring other companies or looking to be acquired in the future, um, but what, what's an ideal scenario for private equity investment is a company that can ultimately improve their multiple that the company trades at. So this means um, you know, they could be purchased at three times their revenue because they're a regional uh, player, but if they can grow and have a national footprint, they might trade at five times their, their revenue. And that is where a private equity firm that can help them achieve those goals can not only get um, a return on the growth in, in the company's revenue or profit, but also in improving the value of that revenue or profit. So if we move on, let's talk friends and family quickly here. Malcolm, so what's we're friends and family? All the way back up. Yeah, let's go, let's <laughs> yeah, so go uh, we, back in the life cycle of this individual that John is describing. <laughs> I love how we laid this out so, uh, so sequentially here. Yeah, so friends and families for very early stage startups, um, usually even pre-business, um, you're, you might most often find yourself in the idea phase where you're just trying to pull together enough money to, um, to get your idea into some sort of production to, to test out your idea. Um, the problem with this, this form of funding and, and where if, we're, if we want to talk about stepping on toes, we can actually step on the toes here, um, but in a good way. So we can, with, with vicinity, um, that friends and family, uh, a lot of times it's difficult if you're just going around collecting, you know, $100 to $1,000 checks from friends and family. Vicinity actually augments that and enables that in, in, a, in a really cool way. Um, so instead of, um, instead of you collecting all those, like I said, $100 checks, you can actually um, collect those via the vicinity portal, which really streamlines that entire fundraising process. Um, and, and the other side of this is, you know, a lot of folks don't have a lot of wealth in their immediate friends and family network. So what vicinity does in, in this kind of funding space is lay, level the playing field a little bit. It allows you to tap into other friends and family that you may not have um, in your kind of immediate circle, but that really like your idea and want to help take you from the idea phase into the, the true launch business phase. I love as the finance guy yep. listening to the marketing guy talk. I love hearing phrases like, yeah, let's talk about stepping on toes, but, but in a good way. It's like, oh, really? Yeah, let's see where this goes. <laughs> Although well done. Yeah. Delivered, delivered. <laughs> yeah. Very well. Um, so, yeah. The, I, I think yeah, Malcolm, I like how Josh, I like how Josh is just sitting back asking the guys that are much weaker in this area. <laughs> right. <about laughs> in terms so that he can just sit back snicker and he's probably going to come back to and you know this is this is the this it. is the oral examination portion of uh, <laughs> you know your initiation and it's done publicly to anybody that'll listen um and for this sure. actually is, isn't isn't going to be a podcast at all um josh is actually going to distill all this as 
um, all the ways not to describe funding. Um, okay, so quickly, so angel investors, uh, that's a, a term that you may hear often. That's, that's usually going to fit across the spectrum of these options we're talking about. So you have angel investors that might be part of a venture capital firm or investment. You have angel investors that could be part of that friends and family. These are likely going to be um, larger dollar investments that help you achieve some of those early goals, but they're not going to be in the range of usually hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars um, from, from, a, from an angel. And then I think the last that we should cover for, for kind of laying the groundwork here is just a traditional bank. Um, so this is obviously debt financing, where most of what we've talked about um, so far is going to be equity financing, although private equity um, can, can have debt uh, as a portion or, or as a substantial player as well. But Banks, they have to weigh the risk profile of their whole portfolio when they're making a decision. So not only do they have their, their check boxes, their regulatory boxes that they have to check, and if you miss a box, you can't get funding there. Um, but, and, and for growth capital, that's, that's oftentimes difficult. But they may have too many car washes, and you're a car wash that's a good business, um, but they just don't want to add that into their portfolio because it throws off the the risk profile. Um, so uh, John described this well uh, as, as a good summary. I liked it at least. Um, banks are monetizing collateral. That's a huge part of getting funding from a bank. Um, a lot of times their favorite deals are going to be ones that are guaranteed to some degree by an asset that they believe is pretty marketable. So it could be a big piece of equipment. Um, real estate is, is a strong one. You can think about this from a personal perspective. If you think about your home, and how your home collateralizes the mortgage that you have. Um, if you stop paying on that, they have an asset that they can take and sell. Um, so those, that lays the groundwork. That's where, um, that's where if you're thinking of, hey, I'm a business or I have a good idea and I need capital, those are usually what's gonna come to mind or what may come up in your first Google search. Um, so, Let's talk about how vicinity fits. Malcolm. Yeah, to go back to my disclaimer. Oh, John, uh, where say, does vicinity well, fit? Others, <laughs> I say this because, you know, Malcolm has been involved in the past, but there's other things out there like, you know, factoring and merchant cash advances and, oh, there's emergency capital realm out there. So we're not covering those per se. We are focused on, uh, you know, not getting out of a pickle um, funding, but you know, really, here's a here's a plan, and there's growth there for a bank. Yes, they're they're gonna you know they're essentially giving you advance on what you already own, but it's you know it's for you know pushing the business forward, um, and these others you know really tap into what's the plan, what's what does that plan look from a financial perspective you know manifested in a pro forma, and we're we're um, funding that. So there's these other areas we're not even touching on at all, but I thought. I'd, throw out there that um, at least uh, acknowledge that those are out there and serve also serve a purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it, there's almost no limit to the ways that uh, people can get creative in, in uh, finding capital. Um, some, some more dangerous than others. You throw out, you know, MCAs, obviously um, a black hole there that you can easily find yourself sucked into. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so where vicinity fits, um, we're, we're looking for businesses in the Southeast, 
um, definitely kind of uh, sticking to our geography, the local play we feel like is really important. Uh, people want to invest where they live and, and that's what we're trying to enable. So folks in the Southeast looking to raise 50,000 to 1 million. Um, and that can be equity, debt, um, revenue share, how, how they, they give securities in their business. We're not, we're not dictating. We want to give some options there. Um, looking for folks to have a proof of concept um, and ideally a business plan and a pro forma. So one of the pieces on that campaign page, they're going to need to tell their investors how they're spending their money. And in order to do that, uh, you're going to want to pro forma so they can plug the capital they're getting into their uh, their business plan and, and see how that's going to play out over the next couple of years. Um, we like folks to have at least two time two full time team members. Um, you know, the man with the plan is good, but um, if you have have somebody else in the mix, um, there's just more likelihood that that's going to to get off the ground or at least the, a plan to bring on a, a secondary operator um, shortly after after funding. Well, and Malcolm, um, on that point yeah. too, that you're, you're having, um, you've proven that you, you can have the mind share focused on the business um, and the incentive of, of a few people that are building this thing um, and carrying it forward. So kind of the side hustle yeah. um, world, that's awesome. That's great. But the, the incentive and the attachment to the business plan and what investors are coming on board for is really um, driven home if you're able to have a couple people that are already supported by the business uh, and that are committed to it. Absolutely, yeah. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> That's meta. <laughs> that is very meta. Uh, so also looking for folks that know, um, at least to have an idea of what funding terms um, they're looking for um, and, and know that those align with their specific goals. So going back to whether or not they're wanting to give up equity, um, they're wanting to do rev share, um, how much capital do they need and, and essentially what is the, the rate that they're, they're willing to give that capital or receive that capital um, for. Um, we want them to have an interest in connecting to uh, to their community for for those individual connections, the support, and we even talked about the the accountability of having local investors. So um, there's we we actually think accountability in this sense, again going back to the marketing side, is a really positive thing. So not only are are those local investors going to hold you accountable in terms of providing them a a return on their investment, but they're going to hold you accountable as a business. To, for creating a, a good product or service. So we've talked about in previous podcasts, like their ability to give positive feedback um, without going to Yelp or Google reviews and, and blasting you. Um, this kind of accountability can come directly to you as a business owner um, and, and come not just from consumers, but from folks that are literally bought into your business. Um, and then lastly, folks that have a strong either business or personal network that they can pool together. So at Vicinity, we want to bring investors to the table, but we also want um, businesses to bring their community of fans, customers, vendors, friends and family. We want those folks to come to the table as well um, and be, be willing to support uh, that fundraise and, and be a part of the business. Um, what that says to us, is that there is kind of some community viability here that they um, they've either made a name for themselves or they they have a good reputation within the community, um, and we feel like that's kind of the first step in fostering um, 
community and economic development locally is, uh, um, is, is, you know, starts with being a good person <laughs> and having folks that actually like you in the community where you're trying to do business. So we feel like that, that gives um, us a good, good indication that you're going to be successful where you're trying to do business. Yeah. A great overview. Um, and I think as we're, as we're talking about how do we fit and how is this different, um, some of the things that Malcolm just listed there, you know, particularly having some, um, some full-time employees, uh, having a business plan and a pro forma, um, and even having an idea of what are your business goals so that you can align the funding with that. Those are things that you need no matter where you're going to raise funding from. Um, but when you're looking at, at where vicinity fits, um, the, the amount you're raising, a lot of times this hits uh, an awkward spot for a lot of other funding avenues. Uh, and also that attachment and interest from your, your local community, um, those that either already are brand ambassadors or, or who could turn into brand ambassadors for you, which drives great marketing, it can drive um, higher revenue, it can be a really valuable um, add to where it, it becomes a win-win for, um, for the investors, for the business, beyond just um, what the, the future financial return could be. So that's, that's how it's a little bit different. Um, I also think it's important to talk about what we are not. Um, you know, it, whenever you invest in anything, it is risky. You are risking all of those dollars that you're putting on the line. Um, so, so having a good set of parameters on what fits and what doesn't fit in a particular model is, is just an important place to start. So this is not a good avenue for emergency funding. If you're um, going down, <laughs> sinking ship, uh, and trying to, to, you know, one last Hail Mary, um, this is not the way to do it. Uh, it's, it's not even fast enough <laughs> um, a lot of times. And, uh, and it's just not, it's not a way to, uh, to kind of take your community down with you. Um, we're also not uh, going to be raising money for somebody. So if there's low ownership of a capital raise where somebody's coming and saying, hey, great, take this off my plate so I can go do other things. That's not this either. There needs to be a really strong sense of ownership um, and an alignment on, hey, I want to do this. I want to engage my community in this way. And um, I could use the help and the tools that the vicinity brings. And then if you just don't have a, a strong enough network to tap into that could make a, a substantial impact on the funding goal, then this is going to be a really hard um, journey to, to go down as well. Yeah. And too, Josh, I think, you know, um, just speaking to the investor side here as well, what differentiates us. I mean, if, you know, we talked about VC and, and private equity and uh, friends and family and those, those three groups, you know, a lot of, uh, well, VC is primarily accredited investors, angels, um, you know, traditional private equity is going to be largely institutional and accredited investors and friends and family, they may have some unaccredited in there. Um, but the, uh, you know, somebody's, you know, backing this, that's probably a high, high net worth individual, um, and what what uh, vicinity can do is actually take money off the sidelines and um, mobilize uh, folks that usually would be locked out of the kind of a lot of the kind of deals we're talking about here. So it brings a new investor profile to the table 
for a lot of these small and medium-sized um, businesses that, you know, are local that, again, um, folks haven't historically been able to take part in. So um, I think, uh, again, we fit because of the, the business profile and the gap within the funding uh, landscape, but we also fit in a way that, you know, we help um, bring money off the sidelines and mobilize networks of people that would um, normally, uh, again, not, they, they remain on the sidelines. Yes. Good stuff. Well, gentlemen, I think we've covered uh, some decent ground here. Uh, for anyone listening, if we've missed something that you want to hear us talk about, or if you want to pick up more of what we're throwing down, head on over to vicinitycapital.com. Um, did I sound cool when I said that? I was just going to say learn more. No, not really. I'm, I'm too much no, of a just, um, yeah, just say it again and just say learn more. We just kept the other no, one. No, I'm leaving that. There's no, there's, there's no coming back. Um, it's like, well, like, so yeah, why, why did the scarecrow get a promotion? He was outstanding in his field. Josh. Yes, you got it. Have you heard that before? <laughs> yes, you've told uh, it like 10 times. Oh, I've told it. Okay, that's my, that's my go-to dad joke. If I say something that's not cool, I just have to follow it up with a dad joke, and then you know exactly where I am in, in life. Um, okay, so uh, who knows if this will make the, the cut. Um, but yeah, already said, vicinitycapital.com. Peace out. And there you have it. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Invest Local Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review and feel free to follow us on any of our social media platforms. And don't forget to tune in next week for more local stories.